What is up, entrepreneurs? You are tuned in to the Non-Corporate Network. You are watching Entrepreneurs. Dustin, how are you doing this Friday morning? Doing good. Doing good. I had to think about it for a second. I was like, what? Is it Friday? It's, just, it's, uh, it's Thursday, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, again, uh, you're watching Entrepreneurs, a show where Dustin and I debate the top six trending small business stories for three minutes each. Anything you want to add there, Dustin? Yeah, I mean... I'm typically the winner of the debate, uh, have a better uh, viewpoint, but uh, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we just want to bring what's what's trending in the business news. Uh, so. I, I don't think that that was an accurate statement you just made, but um, other than that, I mean, for the most part, we uh, we do a good job of uh, being truthful other than what Dustin just commented, but um, <laughs> no, this is a, it's a combination of CNBC, ESPN, and uh, yeah, we just want to bring you the unfiltered truth. Uh, so without further ado, you ready to jump into this? Let's, let's make it happen. Okay. So first story, Sony has bought a $250 million stake in the company Epic Games. You know how much this uh, $250 million investment was worth? I mean, a couple hundred million. No, the, the, like in terms of equity. Oh, I would say, I don't know, 5%, 10%. 1.4% for $250 million. Um, for those of you that don't know, Epic Games, they are the um, inventors of Fortnite. They also made a game called Gears of War, among others. Uh, and I think this just kind of shows the writings on the wall in terms of the gaming industry and where it's going. Epic Games valued over $17 billion. I can think of a lot. That's 17 wow. ring doorbells. You know, they sold for a billion dollars, Amazon. 17 ring doorbells. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but what are your thoughts on where the gaming industry is going? And uh, do you think this is a investment that's actually going to pay off? I mean, the gaming industry, it's, it's growing huge. I mean, it's, we're seeing less people go out playing baseball, playing soccer, and more people, uh, tearing it up on the, the controllers. But I mean, it's, uh, I mean, there's so much more that you can do with it. There's, uh, I mean, there's a level of community in there. I mean, Travis Scott had a, uh, a concert in Fortnite. So yeah. I mean, there, there's other elements outside to just the gaming. And I think it's going to, it's going to expedite the VR side of things as well as, as more and more people are not only playing, but watching others play. I mean, that's a huge right. growing trend as well. Right. Um, whether this is a good deal, I mean, they made Fortnite. I mean, that's huge. I think that's what's kind of expedited the whole gaming industry as well. And so I think it's a good, good relationship. It'll be interesting to see how they can combine their synergies yeah. to, to do more. But well, this deal is not exclusive to Sony. They're not licensing products or anything that they're not licensing to other companies uh, to Sony by doing this. Maybe it buys them some favor. But as you mentioned, the gaming industry is growing. And guess what happens when the gaming industry grows? It attracts more companies to develop games. And to be honest, when I see, okay, yeah, Fortnite was a great game. Other than that, they had another hit with Gears of War. Does that mean that they're going to continue to produce the best games? Usually somebody gets knocked off their throne. And uh, in the gaming world where it's not like you're buying a PS5, it is you're playing a specific game. There's hundreds of games out there. I can't imagine that they're just going to keep pumping out hits with all the additional competition. So for a quarter of a billion dollars for less than a point and a half that tells me that uh you know it's going to be a while before this deal pays off for them if it pays off for them you know i wonder why they didn't choose someone else that had a more consistent track record sure they haven't come out with uh you know one huge game that just blows up worldwide but i mean something like gears of war i mean there right. there's many many other studios that have made uh 
good games over the course of the last decade. I mean, you talk about Gears of War, that was what, 2006, right. 2007. So, I mean, you come out with a hit once every eight, nine well, years. Well, here's the thing too, Dustin, is it uh, Call of Duty. So I'm looking at this Infinity Ward and Treyarch were making one half of the Call of Duty games where Amaze Entertainment and Grey Matter Interactive Studios are making the other half. The Grey Matter and Amaze Entertainment are long gone. So, you know, just because you have a hit doesn't mean you're going to be around for the long term. Um, so, I, you know, I think it, it, it's definitely a risk, but, you know, we'll see if it pays off for him, Cotton. Um, okay, <laughs> diving into our next story here. An audit slams Facebook as a home for misinformation and hate. You know, we know that 900 plus advertisers are now boycotting Facebook. We know that Mark Zuckerberg uh, is taking a stance um, that is a little bit too conservative for most of its employees, as well as people that are advertising, obviously. And so, uh, yeah, this, this outside uh, audit that was done uh, by uh, some civil rights leaders, I forget the name of the company here, I'm looking for it. Uh, the um, CEO of an adv- advocacy group, Free Press. Um, and they are pushing to have Facebook not only have this third-party moderation um, platform, but have it completely be separate from Facebook. Facebook is still the ones that are writing the checks for the moderators. They're the ones that are giving the training for the moderators. So what are your thoughts here? How do, how do we make this work where it is uh, something that helps with content moderation? Yeah, I think uh, everyone can agree that we probably need to figure something out that that quits hate speech. I mean, that's it's not it's not good. Whether it's Facebook that's doing it or a third party, you know, that's how we approach that. I think is where the question is going to be. I mean, yeah. I do see the the downside of Facebook paying the people that's moderating their own uh, channel, but also it's like. If you get this third party, they're going to have money f- being fueled in. They're going to have lobbyists. I mean, who's to say that they're not controlling what gets posted and what's not? And now you're kind of putting the control out of Facebook. I mean, they're not, you know, it's it's they're kind of held at the 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 hands of this other moderator. And it's it's you know, they could get like I said, they can get some money in and, and prevent certain things from being posted. So right. it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness that can come from it. Yeah, no, I mean I and you know, I think that one thing that's going to come is like we talked about last week the influencers kind of uh creating a somewhat of a union. The content creators are the ones that have the leverage over everything. And so if there's an exodus there, then I think that's going to damage them more than 900 advertisers pulling out even. And so uh, I think that that's really where we can see some changes. Companies like Free Press, uh, you know, the influencer union, those are going to have to help sway this. But I do believe that it needs to be separate. You have a you have Facebook paying the checks to the moderators and training them. They're going to train them on policies that are going to help them, not necessarily, and be more profitable for them before anything else. And so um, I, I think there's a big risk there, especially with how much of that percentage. Uh, Zuckerberg owns he's going to be calling the shots still regardless yeah and I mean Zuckerberg is pretty smart he has a pretty smart team I mean they'll start doing cost analysis of you know should we let some of these posts go knowing that we might get regulation coming in we got to spend time and resources answering that uh sorry for the technical difficulties uh but yeah we are powered by state 48 amazing company based out of Arizona we are proud of our local businesses 
uh, and they are a huge shining star in the local Arizona business community. Dustin, do you have anything you want to mention about State 48 before we get into our next story? Yeah, they do a lot of a lot of collaborations with a great a ton of great local businesses here. I mean, some are just regular businesses, some are huge uh, um, nonprofits, and so. Any of the, any of the profits come from coming from the shirts will go back to that nonprofit or organization, and so they're just big on uh, clothing for all, inspired by Arizona. So I love it. Check them out, state48.com. Thank you guys for uh, supporting us. Appreciate it. So, going into our next story, um, strong. Having a strong cybersecurity strategy is going to be a must moving forward. No longer a a just a luxury. Um, in 2019, the average cost of a data breach would cost businesses about $200,000 and 60% of those people or businesses that, that got attacked went out of business. And so, um, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit. There's a huge uh, growing trend for cybersecurity. North Korea is building an army of cybersecurity people. I mean, it's uh, people are collecting more and more data and so that people are, people want that. And so really the the question is, is how, how do businesses handle this? I mean, getting a cybersecurity expert is, is tons of money, but also getting hit is tons of money. I mean, I think to me there, it just leads that there's tons of opportunity in the marketplace, such as, I mean, insurance policies around, uh, getting hit with cybersecurity. I mean, businesses right. can come up that are more, right. uh, um, cost effective. But I mean, what are your thoughts on, on all this? It's crazy. I mean, it's already hard enough to start a small business and now you have to have no chinks in the armor whatsoever, right? You're getting hit with coronavirus. You're getting hit with cybersecurity. You're getting hit with all sorts of other things that just come with starting a business. And so it's crazy to think that, uh, you know, this is putting out 60 more 60% of the businesses that are affected by it. Obviously people don't really just have $200,000 of free <laughs> cash flow just sitting around. So, um, it's tough. You know, I think that this gives an opportunity to like insurance companies, like you mentioned, or even just companies that can kind of crowdsource kind of like, I mean, it's almost like a health insurance policy, right? Where you can uh, get into a pool. I think getting into a pool of cybersecurity is going to be a lot more cost effective than hiring somebody in, in your own staff. Um, and it, it kind of drops the cost for everybody. And, you know, if you don't have as big of a network, you don't have a million people in your database, then being able to kind of crowdsource that to drop costs, I think could be interesting. So it could be, you know, the birth of a new industry, um, create some jobs. Problem is, you know, it takes more of an increased demand in order to motivate more people to go down that path. And, um, I don't think that this is really on the forefront of people's minds in terms of this being a real issue. I mean, the story like this tells a lot, but I, I don't know what's going to make it real for businesses that are going to have to start going, okay, I'm adding this to my list of fixed expenses. Uh, where right now it seems like, you know, still a novelty to me. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be one of those things where we just need more of it to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. And then it would be just one of those things where, I mean, before people didn't invest in marketing and, and after a couple couple companies saw that marketing works, it's now just yeah. a, a, a must in, in the, the budget where yeah. cybersecurity will be a must in the budget. And uh, I mean, going back to what we've talked about with AI and automation taking jobs, like you just right. mentioned, this is going to create new jobs. Like there's, there's a lot of emerging things or demand that's going to be there that we just don't know about right. yet. And so, I mean, um, uh, to your point, I think there just needs to be more demand and uh, to do that, it's going to be more attacks happening. Yeah, no, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, I hope that there's some kind of decentralized education that comes in to help out. You don't need to go to a four year college to be able to learn a few things about this. Mm -hmm. It's not casual Which, to go 
jump into your MongoDB database and uh, and figure out how to look at a JSON file and understand what's going on. So, you know, it's not something that's on people's radars yeah. like right now. Yep. College bubble. That's uh, there's something coming up. There's a lot of stuff in the news this morning. But uh, on to our next story. So banks are poised to make billions from processing PPP loans. So um, it was noted that some banks are literally going to make more money processing these loans than their entire 2019 revenue. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's. Should there be more regulation on that? I mean, I know it takes time and energy to process these loans, but I mean, the fact that some businesses within three months are making 12 months worth of revenue, I mean, should something come in? I mean, everyone's focused on millionaires and billionaires getting this, but how many small banks are just making millions and billions just uh, processing the loans? I, it, it's it, All I can do is shake my head. You know, it's just one more thing that's falling out of the wagon in terms of what this has looked like for small businesses. And it was supposed to be to help the small business, right? And then the first wave of it went to large businesses, but then it was still to help the small business. But then they were only giving it to certain businesses on like the West Coast and not the lower income areas that needed, that needed it more than anybody. And then they finally get to them on the third wave. And then the stories break just as they're doing that, that, hey, this isn't going to be as forgivable as you think. And you have to only spend it on payroll. There's no, you can't pay your rent with it. You can't mm-hmm. do anything else with it. And if you do, you're going to, you know, be fined or you're going to be in more trouble. You're going to owe more. And it's just like, well, you know, I thought it was a saving grace for small businesses when these the media started covering it initially. But, you know, it's just this headline reading culture where we're starting to read between the lines. It was like a 200 page bill. And, wow. you know, once we know get that. down to the small fine print on <laughs> chapter 12, then we realize, oh, crap, maybe this isn't as good as it was supposed to be. And it's just they're making new rules on it every day. It's just, it's unfortunate to see this. You didn't read the terms and conditions. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. But I mean, do you think this is maybe government, big business trying to create more separation between small? I didn't apply because I know it's, it's going to be something that is not going to be good for me. You know, like I don't want to pay that back and in higher interest rates. It's like a credit card. I already have a credit card. Like <laughs> what, what yeah. is the difference? I don't know. Yeah, I mean I I to me it's there there I'm not I'm never for more regulation but there should be something that caps either how much is made or a percentage of the loan something that's being done. Banks are just making too much money when it comes to just processing it and I mean it's we're all the, the whole bill was created to create more jobs, create more velocity in in the GDP and spending and all that and it's if billions are being sunk just into the processing there's so much much uh money that could be used to continue you know well i know there's a lot of companies that set up where they'll take a percentage of the loan they get you as their payment as well and i mean i know in arizona that you had to go and actively find what banks would even allow you to apply for this and so it's just it, it made this breeding ground of you know again things that weren't we, went, we didn't think they were going to happen, but it happened. Oh, crap. We didn't yeah. think that that would happen. It's like, come on, man. We're talking trillions of dollars. So yeah. on to our next and final story. So Portland protests. There's been a lot going on. Um, it's cost local businesses $23 million so far. And this is from property damage and just loss in business, um, which drove uh, streets and roads closed down. Um Writing has been going on for about 41 or protests have been going on for about 41 straight days. I mean, at 
what point or do we stop that? I mean, you have the right to protest, but also people have a right to run their business as well. I mean, it's, it's their livelihoods. They got kids that they got to feed. I mean, should, should it be stopped? I mean, what are your thoughts on this entire situation? I think that nothing should be stopped until we make some change that needs to be made. There's a lot of things that are wrong with our country. And, and so as much as I see, yeah, there's a little bit of property damage. This is something that, you know, I am proud of the American people for rallying together. I'm proud of Portland for still sticking to their guns here. Things need to change, you know, and it seems like the administration's more worried about let's disperse the protests than let's make a change to satisfy the protesters. And, you know, I, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous to me that it's taking this much outcry for things to even be considered. And, and we've just accepted like, oh, it's going to take a long time to process through. What's more important than this? If there's people in the streets that are damaging property and calling for reform in every state in the entire country and other countries, why are we not going to prioritize this and put it at the top of the docket and have a conversation about it? Uh, so, so why not put something on the table where it's like, hey, if we saw these protests, I mean, why don't we just have a big conversation around how this changes? I mean, I hear everyone talk about things need to change, but I haven't heard of what that looks like. I mean, in order for things to stop, we need something tangible that says, I mean, un unemployment goes to a certain level or hiring goes. There's like we need change. It's like we're working on change. But what is that change and how long? I mean, that's it just needs it, there needs to be conversation around it. And I think uh, that's going to expedite everything. I mean, it's it's people need to protest to get their point across. But I think there's more more conversation around just going. We need to change like rather than bringing solutions to the table. And that's where my mind's at is like, oh, we could be past this and everyone can be so much better if we just had, what does that look like? What is a roadmap to get there? And I think everyone agrees that there needs to be change. And I think that's the consensus. Okay. I mean, you have a handful of those people that are just like, no, we're like, we need to keep how, how things are. But I think the consensus is things need to change. Well, it's hard. It's hard because, you know, it, and not to get too deep into this, but like, in terms of police reform happening, there is a union for the police officers that's separate from the protesters and separate from the government. And so there's really like three sides to that conversation. And so it, it just makes it even more difficult. You can't just go sign a bill and now it's, it's done. Um, and so, I mean, there's so many implications and repercussions of decisions. And I don't think that people are understanding the full scope of things. But, you know, it is a challenging process to, to fix. But again, I think that we should be like from an executive level talking more about what are we going to do to address your concerns as a protester and use that to be the mechanism to disperse the protesters yeah. as opposed to just going, we're going to wipe them off the streets with tear gas <laughs> and that's how we're going to get it done. It's like, okay, yep. like now you're it takes not conversation. It takes yeah. conversation, not, not force. And I think that's going to make people more upset. To your point, it's a bill can get passed tomorrow. It is going to take time to logically think through things and how we should pass regulation. That's going to fix this. And, and once we start in those conversations, that's when I think the protests yep. need to, to wind down. I mean, it's, there's a lot of, negative impact that's causing as well. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's we need to come together, have a conversation, lay out a clear plan of attack on what success is. I mean, it goes back to what SMART goals are. You have to yeah. have be able to define them clearly. Yep. And that yep. has not happened yet, but yep. I digress. Well, it, it takes entrepreneurs, you know, us as entrepreneurs, we're the ones that are going to affect change. We're the ones that are going to innovate. We're the ones that are going to continue to push the needle forward despite all of the roadblocks, um, you know, 
by any means necessary. So uh, as entrepreneurs, uh, you know, I know you guys are standing up with us uh, and just trying to make the world a better place. So uh, we appreciate you tuning in to, to our show and hearing our takes. Um, we want to hear from you. If you want to start your own show, you want to spread your message to the people, use our resources, non-corporate network, ncnbroadcast.com. You can check us out, apply if you want to start your own show. Um, reach out to us on social media if you have a story that you found that you want to hear us talk about. Uh, and again, thank you to State 48 for uh, standing with us and partnering with us on this. Um, Dustin, do you have anything else you want to add or tell the people? No, I mean, as you can tell, that last uh, last conversation, I think uh, there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And, and the best way to do it is, is to create that change. And so I think uh, there's a lot us as entrepreneurs can do to help create that with yep. uh, some of the resources, profits, and all that that we drive. So be the change. Be the change. By any means necessary. Get after it today. Week's just uh, just getting started for most mm -hmm. of us entrepreneurs. Yeah. We'll be working through the weekend, baby. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back on Monday morning. Have a, a blessed rest of your day and get after it. Thanks for being See you with Monday. Us.